Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems adopt technologies. I am your host, Tiasha Zaitz, and this is the first episode of a short series about AI in healthcare. For a light start, we'll dive into the potential impact AI could have on patients when you combine the effects of more efficient scheduling, diagnostics, and decision support. I talked about this at a recent conference in Estonia and will present the, this view at the Data Natives conference in Berlin in November. In the next episodes, you will be listening about the current state of AI in radiology, as explained by Wojin Kim, former director of Center for Translational Imaging Informatics and associate director of imaging informatics at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. And Wojin is currently working as the Chief Medical Information Officer at Nuance Communications. When you look at a lot of the AI models that are out there that are making headlines, you see a lot of them uh, saying, you know, things like, hey, you know what, uh, this AI model, uh, you know, was able to detect breast cancers as well or better than radiologists or faster than radiologists. But I can tell you, when I look at a particular image, I'm not looking at just one thing. I'm looking at literally hundreds, if not thousands of different possible things that could be present on an image. Today, the AI is very narrow. So there's a lot of limitations, which means that if you want to really replace radiologists just in the image interpretation part, today you would need literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of models, which we do not have. Among other things, You will be also able to hear about the complexity of diabetes and the development of algorithms as explained by Professor Dr. Tadej Batilino, who is head of endocrinology department at the Slovenian tertiary healthcare institution, the Children's Hospital Ljubljana. He is also chief clinical at an Israeli-based company, DreamMed Diabetes. People that were deaf, completely deaf because of inborn errors. And now you have cochlear implants and they hear. Here is very similar. Will sensors be implanted very soon? You will see. There will be long-term sensors implanted. You will implant it. You'll forget about your measuring glucose. Your glucose will be on your watch, on your mobile phone, on your device. So yes, technology will considerably ease and modify the life of a person, individual, with a chronic condition. Just before we start, do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episodes about AI. Apart from diabetes and radiology, you will also hear about progress made in stroke research and some other interesting areas I will reveal in the future episodes. And if you like the show, do leave a rating or a review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. This really helps other listeners interested in digital health find the show as well. Thank you. A few years ago, I asked an endocrinologist in an interview which diabetic patients artificial pancreas would be suitable for. He interrupted me by saying, we say people with diabetes, not the diabetic patients. At first, I was a bit surprised, not really sure what to think about this interruption. Are these patients really that sensitive? After all, we constantly listen and talk about chronic patients. 
This thought really stuck with me, because the thing is that when you label someone with the word patient, your perception of that individual changes instantly. At least for a second, your mind gets stuck on sympathy or pitying of that person, perhaps admiration if that person achieved something. That was the first time I heard the doctor indirectly emphasize that patients are first and foremost people, that they shouldn't be categorized based on their disease. A chronic disease is not just a physical state. It puts psychological pressure on an individual. When a doctor says, we don't have a cure for this yet, or we don't know what causes your condition, he indirectly says, something is going to be wrong with you for the rest of your life. This instills fear from discrimination in job security and promotions. Chronic patients are often in a disadvantageous position compared to the healthy population because their physical well-being can often be impaired, they spend a lot of time in the healthcare system and are faced with out-of-pocket money expenses for therapies, deductibles, lost working hours and other disease-related costs. This can turn into a vicious cycle. In the US, if you lose your health, you can quickly lose your job and in the end, your health insurance. AI has the potential to positively affect patients on many levels. It can improve appointment scheduling and decrease waiting times. Amazon recently partnered with the Boston-based Beth Israel Deconis Medical Center to test AI for patient scheduling. At the moment, surgical patients are scheduled for an hour in the operating room, but many patients come in for routine procedures. Anytime you read about efficiency in healthcare, you're also indirectly reading about how lives of patients and people with chronic conditions are improving. Time is a currency today. Speed of time is the only thing we can't influence in life. We can only manage it. And it is managed poorly in healthcare if, when a patient goes to a specialist, he has to adopt a mindset that this visit will give him an opportunity to read a book for at least two hours in the waiting room, because he won't enter the doctor's office before, no matter when his appointment was scheduled for. This is how the system tells patients that their time doesn't matter, that they don't matter. And this is especially problematic in public systems. China is a good example. There, primary care is underused and public hospitals are severely understaffed and overburdened. Patients don't trust their primary care physicians on local levels, so they travel to cities to visit specialists in hospitals. They can wait up to several days for only a few minutes long discussion with a doctor. It's easy to imagine how a system like this is in dire need for reinvention. Pingan Good Doctor is a Chinese startup, one of the providers addressing this issue by providing a one-stop healthcare ecosystem platform in China, which, according to the company, is already used by 265 million registered users. The company has an internal team of 1,000 doctors and contracts with over 5,000 doctors to provide 24-7 support for their users. The company also started setting up one-minute clinics across China. Patients go to a sort of kiosks where, apart from the medical device, they can also 
potentially get their medication because the one-minute clinics store more than 100 categories of common drugs, all refrigerated to ensure their quality. In Asia, the traffic is impossible to imagine if you haven't been there. Traffic jams in New Delhi or Jakarta can last for hours. Entrepreneurs are designing solutions such as home visits for blood tests, where a phlebotomist comes to your home, takes your blood, and then transports the sample to the laboratory so you don't have to lose any time with visiting the healthcare system. Imagine how the patient journey could be changed if technology could support patients as it supports customers. The U.S. insurance companies are looking at the development of systems where individuals would be advised based on their personal information so they could be matched with the best provider based on their needs and characteristics. The patients could also be triaged with a bot instead of a doctor and referred to the doctor only when needed. The idea of bot triages and using AI for preliminary diagnosis has been appealing for years now, and a lot of companies are developing AI systems that would enable as highest accuracy of diagnosis as possible. AI diagnostics could potentially be more efficient and more accurate compared to doctors. After all, machines don't get tired. AI can digest unparalleled amounts of information compared to doctors, and it can always stay up to date with the latest information. In fact, when you think about it, doctors are not a very popular species these days. A study published in 2015 in the American Journal of Medicine showed that second opinions result in changes in diagnosis in 15% of the time and changes in treatment in 38% of the time. Overconfidence of doctors in diagnosis is a known problem, and you might have heard that the third leading cause of death in the US is a medical error. Moreover, 90% of patients with poorly defined conditions remain undiagnosed. There are more than 7,000 rare diseases in the world, defined in Europe as diseases affecting less than one person in the population of 2,000 people. With precision medicine and big data, there is hope that diagnostics and treatment would improve. The challenge of AI development, though, is that it needs large quantities of data to train. For an illustration, Facebook or Google, who are famous for their algorithms, have clear advantage in terms of how much data they already have from their users. Facebook is used by over a billion of people. Google receives 63,000 searches every second. Such large datasets are harder to get by in healthcare, especially in rare diseases. Leaving that aside, we simply don't have consistent patient records because data is scattered with different specialists in different healthcare systems, and interoperability is something we more or less dream of. Data quality is a huge issue in healthcare, also because poorly designed IT systems turn the doctors in burned-out, highly-paid data clerks. As Eric Topol writes in his last book, Deep Medicine, the abbreviation WNL officially stands for within normal limits. But as doctors will tell you, they'll use it also when they don't really look at some parameters with the patients, perhaps because they just don't want to leave any windows blank in the operating system. All this causes distorted data and misleading statistics. 
And this can be a huge problem. When the city of Moscow implemented an integrated medical information and analytics system, which connects more than 660 clinics and over 23,000 medical practitioners in Moscow, the system suddenly detected an outbreak of cholera. Of course, there was no medical crisis because the outbreak was a false alarm, but a consequence of a poorly designed IT system that did not allow doctors to leave any windows blank and the first diagnosis code on the drop-down menu was cholera. The lead designer for NHS UK says that usability is a clinical safety hazard and lack of usability can cause distorted and inaccurate data. China has a clear advantage in the AI space due to the large population and consequently large datasets. Scientists for the company called U2 are the first to have published a research paper in Nature about using natural language processing to achieve high accuracy rates when reading electronic health records and generating patient diagnosis. They were able to do this because they used data from 1.3 million outpatient visits. U2 employs 400 doctors full-time or part-time for labeling data. Pingan Good Doctor, that I mentioned before, has 1,000 medical people and contracts with 5,000 doctors. The system was designed based on 400 million consultations with the help of 200 AI specialists. Because of the quantity of data in China and progress-hungry AI entrepreneurs, China is in huge advantage in terms of progress in AI. This means that smaller populations might fall back in the options of using new technologies because there will be a lack of financial interest to develop good natural language processing models. And one of the biggest dangers in AI making decisions in healthcare is that if algorithms are based on poor data, they can produce harmful outcomes, consequently harming large numbers of people. But not to be too pessimistic, AI is clearly advancing in healthcare in a positive way. FDA so far approved several decision support systems. Probably the most known, a live core, a medical-grade ECG anytime, anywhere for irregular heart rhythm detection. A stroke platform from Viz.ai to help analyze computer tomography scans for signs of stroke. IDXDR device uses AI software to detect diabetic retinopathy in adults with diabetes and is designed to be used by non-eye care professionals. And DreamMed Diabetes Advisor Pro, which assists healthcare providers in the management of people with type 1 diabetes who use insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring, was approved in 2018. All these systems are meant for decision support, not decision making in healthcare. And this is crucial in understanding why AI will by no means replace doctors, at least not anytime soon. In the end, decisions need to be taken by a person. AI is missing many things to be able to make decisions like humans. Empathy, kindness. And one of the greatest hopes that doctors keep their fingers crossed for is that by the use of AI, they will get back what they went to study medicine for in the first place and there is time for a discussion with patients. And let's face it, healthcare and medicine are in dire need of technological help.
medical conditions are getting increasingly complex, with same symptoms present in very different conditions. A repetitive headache can be just a headache, a migraine, meningitis, a stroke or a brain tumor. Depression is a long-known problem with rising prevalence, currently affecting more than 350 million people worldwide, yet treatment of the disease is far from optimal. The clinical guidelines say that treating any kind of mental illness often requires an element of trial and error. There are several classes of antidepressants and months can pass before the doctor chooses the proper treatment. A patient needs to be lucky for his doctor to guess the right drug in the first attempt and this should not be the case in the 21st century high-tech medicine where we expect treatments and diagnosis to be precise based on data-driven decision-making. While meaningful medical progress in most areas is undeniable, medicine is at the moment still often based on personal experience and opinions of doctors. In all this, the amazing thing is that digitization is creating new types of biomarkers, which, supported by AI analysis, bring surprising discoveries. You may have heard how Facebook created algorithms to detect depression in users and close contacts of those that might harm themselves can get contacted. AI is also used to analyze the use of keyboards to see changes in behavior and detection of depressions. Researchers are experimenting with AI software to see if an individual has a Parkinson's, schizophrenia, or types of mental disorders simply from watching the way the person types. The second reason it's worth believing that AI is going to bring positive impact into healthcare is the fact that the needs for healthcare are increasing. In most countries, doctors complain about workforce shortages. Doctors hope that AI will help them diagnose patients better and faster because of workforce shortages. I do fear that technology will be used to put even more pressure on doctors and their productivity. On the other hand, given that healthcare is transforming towards consumerism, this gives me hope that technology will not worsen the doctor-patient relationship. But let's end with where we started, people with chronic conditions. Many diseases carry stigma diabetes type 2 being one of them, as it's more popularly known as the disease the patient caused himself. While the diagnosis is a hard hit as it is, the even worst part is shame and potential exclusion from society, because of the psychological toll of the condition and demanding management of it. Humans have an inner need not to be alone. There is a reason solitary confinement is among the harshest punishments. We are social creatures in need of company and diseases can take that away from us. So when you read about how digital health and AI are improving disease management, waiting times in decision-making healthcare, don't hear what this means only in terms of cost savings. I hear how patients are becoming more and more equal to healthy people and how diseases are affecting their quality of life less and less due to less time spent in the healthcare system, faster diagnosis and faster treatment and recovery. Of course, changes are not going to happen tomorrow. 
But when has any progress happened fast, especially in healthcare? In healthcare, everything is intertwined. We need electronic health records and patient data, and once we have the data, we can analyze and optimize it. Companies are already doing that to increase access to clinical trials. If patients get to clinical trials faster, the speed of discovery is going to increase. And yes, AI applications in healthcare for diagnosis are still in early stages since studies are currently retrospective. But the trend is what is important. Hype is annoying, but it attracts talent. And more people in the field will bring more knowledge and faster advancements. And let's not forget, in the end, technology is just technology. It's up to us how we're going to use and regulate it. Is it going to be for decision support or decision making? But if it really does happen that AI will improve waiting times, diagnosis and disease management. This is a potential beginning of a larger equality between those that get sick and those that are healthy, which can be a start of an exponentially positive consequences for society, as people can spend less time in the healthcare system and more time pursuing their dreams and ambitions. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health. Coming up next, AI in Radiology. Stay tuned.